So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a great returning guest today, Mr. Ron Wexler. He's been on twice before. He's from the Chicagoland area, and I have watched a progressive growth with this gentleman. It's really neat because, you know, Ron, uh, you know, was, was early in. He was like episode 156. Then he was episode 272. So now we're in the 700s, and it's been a while since I talked to him, and, and we've got some interesting things to, to look at as to how the growth of his team and the growth of his company and everything has been. So without further ado, Ron, welcome back again Hi. to Real Estate Rockstars. It's been a while. Well, thank you. Excited to be here. Hope we can share a lot that matters. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself uh, since it's been a while since you've been on? Well, I've been in real estate, uh, this is like my 35th year, so I started in the 80s and uh, been through lots of ups and downs, lots of fun. I think I'm the champion of learning by screwing everything up and then fixing it. And, uh, you know, currently we have a team, I have a partner in my team, I'm the uh, own, you know, part owner of four or five offices right now, uh, Keller Williams offices uh, here around Chicago and then a small investor and a couple out of town. And uh, I'm a MAPS coach, teach the language of sales class for Diana. And uh, I don't know what else to share. You know, it's really fun. Like my best year ever was last year after 36 years. And I don't think there's a lot of people that can kind of say that, that, you know, it's still going up. It's kind of fun. That's awesome. So, you know, why would you say that is? I honestly, it's learning leadership. I built my whole business on my salesmanship for many years, me cranking it out in the trenches, pounding it out day after day after day, and finally kind of learned how to lead, you know, like found some great leaders to get in business with and learn from them. And I've, you know, created some really great people, not creative, but, you know, helped build some really great people in my world. And together we're building this, I don't know, we, call, we actually have a name for what we're building. It's called the Opportunity Empire. <laughs> I love it. So would you say it was your best year last year financially, family-wise? Like, like describe best year ever. Personally, it was an incredible year. Travel, family, fun, play, just, you know, amazing. Uh, being surrounded by like really fun people in my business, which it hasn't always been. And being able to play a lot with them has been really amazing. As far as business goes, by far, you know, last year was you know, the greatest income that I've ever had, whether it was the offices, the income from them, and then the off, the just from the Ron Wexler, you know, the Wexler group from our team. And uh, it's been a fun progression building the team. I just shared some numbers with you we could share if you want. It's kind of Yeah, fun if you don't watch. mind, why don't you go ahead and do that? Show, show the five-year progression that you shared with me, number of units and volume. All right, so units closed. So starting at 2014, Units closed was 117, 
And just to put that in perspective, that's like on the way back from the misery of uh, when it all fell apart. That I yeah, and I think that was your first episode when you came on too. That's was it? okay. What you were at? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I used to close 130 to 150 year after year after year, and then when it crashed, I went all the way down to like 60 units. And then right at that point, we had opened our first office and. I really just didn't worry about my team at all and just focused on trying to save the company. And then once the company was up and running, I'm like, okay, now it's time to get our team going again. So I got all the way down, you know, from doing over a hundred for years, I got down to like six, I think it was 67 units. And then I did 117 in uh, 2014. And that was with just me and like two other people. Um, and then I started, you know, leveraging and finding other great people. So, so 2014, it was 117. The next year it was 150. The next year it was 168. The next year it was 241. And then this year we're at 217 so far with, you know, three quarters of the year in the book. So uh, we have some time to go. And I assume we're going to end up this year probably in the 270 to 290 range. And then next year it's going to explode because we put everything in place this year. So next year we can easily surpass 300. You know, we'll probably end up next year I, I i'm thinking and maybe i'm just too optimistic but i think next year we're gonna end up around probably 400 units based on everything we finally put in place and uh we could talk about that progression i don't know if you want you want to hear the gci for those years too? yeah well we, we like to call it eci on the show ego commission income because yeah you know we always like to look at profit as well but uh, we'll talk about that but go ahead go ahead and and run down the total gross commissions right so um and it, you know it's interesting you just said that because when I started the partnership that I'll tell you a little bit about that helped us have this great jump, what I said to my now 50-50 partner was, I'm not taking a cut in pay, but I don't have to have a raise until we have everything in place and we're cranking a lot of dollars. So a lot of the gain that we've had, when you hear these numbers, a lot of that gain just went right back into building the business, which was fine with me. I took home the same paycheck every two weeks for the last five years if that makes sense. So yes. even when it was, Were your tax returns pretty much the same? No, no. I mean, well, they were higher gross, higher expenses. But was then, the net adjusted gross income, would you say? Like, well, here's the thing. If you, if you look at the net to me personally, because I now have a 50-50 partner, so we probably doubled the net, but I'm not taking it all to me because the other half's going to my partner, Tammy. Got it. So, Right, so that would be the owner income is definitely increased. You is know, she, um, is she, does she have a salary too? She, she's basically on the same salary that I am. And then, you know, we're splitting any profit. And honestly, there's not really any big profit over that right now because we put all the rest into people, systems, marketing. You know, we had to take, you know, I was doing, I, I did two hours of lead gen, two to four hours of lead gen every single day from 1993 until three years ago when Tammy said, you're not allowed to do the lead gen anymore. Right. And she replaced me with other people. Well, there's a cost to replacing, you know, I was creating a hundred to 150 deals on my own every year. So when you took me out of the uh, conversation, we had to create those deals without me being the one doing it. So wow. obviously there's a cost to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. What's your salary? What? So you know, just, uh, it's 15,000 a month. 15, so buck eighty. So, so we're taking so three hundred between the two of us. Yeah. Between the two of you. Okay. And right. now, do you have agents on the team that made more than one hundred eighty thousand? No. No. We have. Uh, Sometimes that happens, you know. No, I, that's the goal. Honestly, my goal is that there's no one on this team making less than six figures. That, that's to me. Then we'll know we're a success, right? If we're the millionaire real estate agent, you know, market like if that's our model 
then we should have a bunch of people who are millionaires. So, all right. So then, you know, again, for the GCI, it was uh, 5.11 in uh, 2014. Then it went to 7.03, I can't have my glass on, 9.60. 9.60, yeah. Then 14, you know, 1.4. Then this year so far, 1.2. And this year will probably end up about 1.6 or 1.8. Just depends how, how well we do the next three weeks. Right, because it's October now, so <laughs> right. So you're, so you're we have four four weeks here. You're going up higher and higher, gross commission wise, right. keeping the same salary, but you're putting more and more money in the business, so that eventually you'll be able to to either raise your salary or just start taking profits. Right, that's the goal. Right. Well, the goal is that we keep our salaries the same, and then we profit share. So we're going to take that leftover profit after our base salaries, and then we're going to use that profit in a profit share program for our team. So we'll probably keep 70% for me and Tammy, and then profit share the other 30, something along those lines. Okay. I mean, we've got it all figured out. We just we haven't hit it yet because we've been, ex you know, you experiment. You decide you're going to spend 10000 a month on radio and see what happens kind of thing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's fun. It's fun, definitely. So talk to me about hours worked. So- would you say your hours worked have stayed the same, increased or decreased over this five-year period? Oh, no, my time in on the team is probably, I mean, I'm here every day, but the actual stuff I'm doing strictly for the team is probably an hour a day or an hour and a half a day. I mean, maybe two hours at the most. I mean, Oh, and then, and then the rest of the time you're coaching or, or coaching, you know, like creating Keller Williams offices, um, that sort of thing. Right, right. The rest is spent on other things and really kind of creating some of our back-end uh, things for the office and for our team. So, But yeah. two years ago, it wasn't like that, right? No, it was. I was here at 7.30 every morning and went home, you know, at 5 o'clock every day. And in those, you know, eight or nine hours, I was 100% being an agent with a business. And so. what were you doing? So what were you doing? Let's say... You know, at when you were at 150, 168 units, that sort of that realm. So before Tammy kicked fired you, what were so you doing? If you looked at if you looked at my schedule, if you if you ever took bold, and you saw the schedule that's in bold, that I mean, I handed that schedule to Diana. That's the same one me and all the top agents who all came from that world. You know that mindset. That's we all followed that same exact schedule. So it was we'll share it with everybody. In case. So it's every, it's basically every morning you're in the office. Uh, well, I you know I start from when I woke up. You know I get up, work out. I have my first um, you know script practice call from uh, eight to eight thirty. You know I work out, come to the you know meditate, eat food, come to the office. Then I would um, basically have a practice partner every day from eight to eight thirty. And at 8.30, I'd start calling the expireds, the FISBOs, and my past clients. And then that would usually take me till 9, 9.30. And then uh, from 9.30 till 11, I would just cold call. I did just listed and just sold calls all around my listings. And then, and, and then you go out on listing appointments, that sort of thing. Yeah, too. So, like, so like 11 to 12, you know, either 11.30 to 12 or 11 to 12, it would be follow-up, returning phone calls, you know, dealing with any little fires that were going on with my, you know, team. At the time, I had two admin and one or two buyer's agents usually. At one point, I was up to maybe four or five buyer's agents, and I realized, you know, I had five people doing the work of two and just kind of brought that back down. <laughs> But well, I, you know, the truth, right? Yeah. 
you know that world and and it, it's not that it's a bad thing it's just the the having more productive people around you that are doing a lot of production is just less stress than having a lot of people doing a little production who have time to sit around and complain and criticize every little thing that you're doing because you're constantly making mistakes the people who are producing are like whatever who cares so they goofed up on that let's get back to work so Honestly, on the leadership side, find people that are playing the game and they're making mistakes and you're making mistakes and you're both okay with it. You just keep going as opposed to, you know, the black hat thinker who sits around watching every single thing you do, waiting for you to make a mistake. And, you know, I just tell them, I'm the king of mistakes. Like, I'll make more mistakes than all of you guys added together, so don't worry about it. And uh, the difference is I just learn from them and move forward and go make new ones. I think a lot of people stay stuck. So about, so from 11 to 12, I would just basically, you know, just clean up whatever needed to be cleaned up. 12 to 12.30, I would usually take a break and maybe eat some lunch. If I was really busy, I wouldn't eat any lunch. And then I would start on appointments. And I would usually have, you know, like a 12.30 or 1 o'clock listing appointment. And then basically it would be three appointments a day. So like 1.30, 2.30, 3.30. Once in a while, there would be a fourth one. If there was nothing in the later afternoon, I would come back and, and do another hour of lead gen or an hour of uh, follow-up. And seriously, that's about how simple it was until the team got bigger. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so tell me what it looks like now. So now I still get here. You know, I work out pretty close to the office. I'm here by, like today I got here at 7.15 or something like that. I'm usually here pretty early. Uh, now I'm just uh, cleaning up whatever needs to be cleaned up. You know, they just started a bold right across the hall from me, and they were trying to get me to come in to say hi to everybody. And I'm like, well, I got this call to do today. <laughs> so, you know, usually I'll get distracted a little in the morning. Uh, our team has a meeting every day at 8.30, which you're probably going to hear in the background shortly. And they do, uh, you know, they I'll give their numbers. They do a chant. They do a little Wexler group song they made up. And that everybody gets to work. And I'm back. I, I stay out of that meeting because I want Tammy to lead it. I don't want to inject myself where she's leading. So I'm just in here. I'm doing a lot of literally like Facebook follow-up and, and posts and things like that that help generate a lot of referrals from people. So I guess you can consider that still lead generating. And then I'm usually cleaning up something from my you know language of sales uh, maps program, basically doing you know grading homework more or less with people from that program. And I couldn't even tell you what I do the rest of the day. I just spend a lot of time just, you know, creating things like, you know, I'll sit in coaching. Uh, they'll ask me to come in and do some uh, script practice, you know, sometimes. And like I said, the rest of the time, it's kind of working on the global, you know, we just launched a new office. So I'm, I'm, I'm spending probably six hours a week just in conference calls, 411s, you know, with people that report to me. You know, I have two team leaders that report to me. And then, uh, so you're the operating partner of a couple of uh, KW offices, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. a, that's a whole nother not a little job there. But yes, you've got other things. You've got other things, which is cool. And it sounds like you're more comfortable. It's not as stressful, certainly, as as going on a listing appointment or working with a buyer. Would you say so? Well, I kind of got after you know five or six thousand listing appointments. There was really no stress involved. So oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> Over all those years, it just it, it there was no challenge. Do you miss it? Right, there was no real challenge anymore, and so that you know that that's really when I started going. Okay, what else is? Am I going to do this until I'm eighty years old, or is there something more fun I can be doing? And 
you know, certainly buying and building offices is a blast and finding great people to play the game. And like, my thing has always been like, I want to build this empire. And, you know, I call it the empire with no emperor, right? Because it's like, all of us are like, everybody who's a part of it. And it doesn't matter if you're an agent in one of the offices, or if you're a team leader, or the MCA, like we're all part of this big thing that we're building together. The a couple offices we most recently launched, we have agents and some of our leaders are investors in those offices. So everybody, again, we're like, uh, it's all part of this big overarching uh, thing that we're building. So it's kind of fun. It's all together. And then the cool part, everyone's accepting of it. Like, like you're like, this is, you know, like Tammy's like, hey, Ron, you're not going to do any more lead, Jen. You're not going to go on any more appointments. And you're like, wow, that's a okay and then and then now you're having so much fun building offices and coaching other people and that sort of thing so what is the so describe to me what your team looks like and I want to talk to you also about like what you're doing to grow like you have been so the number one thing to grow is us finding more great people you know you only can grow as much as you have great people and the years that my business wouldn't grow that it was just you know like i was stuck between like four and six hundred in commissions for a really long time is because i wasn't growing anyone around me it was always me with everyone following behind me picking up whatever messes that i made and when you find great people they're also creating hey rock stars are you worried that your next set of leads will be a total waste of time and money? Or maybe that those missed calls and texts are turning potential clients into missed opportunities? You should be because these are two huge problems that will absolutely ruin a real estate business's profitability. Fortunately, Rebus CTO Austin Altman and I have come up with a solution. Rebus Complete. And it's got everything you need to maximize conversion, commissions, and profitability. Guys, this is the total package. When you sign up, not only are you getting the best training in the industry, every single course we offer, you're getting high-quality exclusive leads and access to the most advanced follow-up systems on the market. I've got Austin on the line now to talk about what Rebus Complete has to offer. Hey Austin, why don't you start by telling our listeners about the leads we send our members? Sure. Well, like you said, Pat, these are high quality. They're not just people who are passively interested in real estate. They are people who are actively looking to buy and or sell in our members market right now. Also, every single lead we send is 100% exclusive. We aren't sending the same leads out to hundreds or even thousands of agents like most lead distributors. When an agent gets a lead from our program, it's theirs and theirs alone. Wow, and these leads are integrated into our automated follow-up system, right? That's absolutely right. All of our leads are managed by the system's state-of-the-art AI. And what's awesome about that is the fact that it not only makes extremely fast contact with incoming leads, but it can also be configured to book appointments based on agents' availability automatically it's a foolproof system no more missed contacts and no more missed opportunities wow that's kind of cool actually it's quite incredible uh guys like the experts say it takes speed to lead to succeed if you're not able to respond to a lead within five minutes 
you might as well forget about it. Yeah, it really is the answer to the follow-up problem that causes agents to lose potential business. And it's not just great for the hot leads we're sending to our members. The system also nurtures leads that aren't ready to take action today. It does everything from emails to text to ringless voicemails, even physical postcards. The system makes sure that whenever a lead is ready to buy or sell a home, our members are the agent that they think about first. <laughs> Man, I wish I had that when I was selling real estate. All right, Austin, this is great. Why don't you just tell our listeners how they can get more information on Rebus Complete? Sure. Either they text Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, to 444-999, or they can go directly to hybendigital.com slash Rebus. The page has more information on the program. In fact, it's got a video really going into a little bit of detail about what the program has to offer. And it also includes a form that agents can complete to book a complimentary discovery call. Oh, and if you're interested in becoming a Rebus Complete member, you're going to want to act fast. Before I forget, I wanted to mention that we assign slots on a zip code basis so that we can ensure that leads are exclusive. Unfortunately, that means once a slot for a zip code is full, we're not able to take on any new members in that area. Guys, you don't want to miss out on this. Pause the podcast and go to hybendigital.com slash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com slash R-E-B-U-S or simply text R-E-B-U-S, Rebus, to 444-999. That's Rebus to 444-999. Hey, and if you're enrolled in any Rebus course, don't forget to mention that during your complimentary call, what we're going to do for current customers is waive the entire membership setup fee. This is a game changer, guys, and I guarantee that you're going to regret it if you miss your chance to join. Pause the podcast and go to hybendigital.com slash Rebus or just text the word Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, to 444-999. That's Rebus to 444-999 now. And so with the team right now, we have, you know, Tammy and myself and Tammy's basically, I would say you'd call her the operations manager of the whole big mess. And she, there's only one person on the team that I hired. Everybody else on the team, Tammy has brought in and given them, you know, a role. The, the really strong people on our team have all kind of figured out that they will actually grow their income by becoming incredible at whatever role they take when they walk in the door and then they get offered more roles. They, they have other things. You know, it's sort of the same thing as, you know, Colleen, my first successful team leader, I'll say, for, for our main office. You know, she now coaches the regional coaches for, you know, personally reports to John Davis. And she, um, you know, is the team leader of this office. She's my investor partner in three other offices. And she's the OP of two of those three. So, you know, she started out as a team leader. You know, Tammy has ownership in a couple of those offices. Oh, okay, so the one you just said that, that uh, you know, grew up to be a, you know, coach of coaches. How did you find her? She was, she was the manager of a local independent, probably making like 60000 a year. Last year, she probably made like 550000 or something like that. Really? So, in eight years, yeah. And so, like, How'd watching. You know? How did you know when you saw her? How did you know? This you know what? Team, you know? She was the fifth person I gave that team leader role to. And I, you know, first of all, you don't know, even the ones that you think 
that, that even the ones with pure like i just had one that had all the credentials he was charming he was amazing he was spectacular he lasted six months so there's still no guarantee if you put them in a position to succeed or you get rid of them you know if they if they're not you know, I kept putting, I, I put her with the best coach for where she was at each step of her progression. And then she either was going to sink or swim with each, you know, so when she started, I was like, you have to understand the financials of this company because we have our own weird finance. Our whole system is not anything you've seen before. You know, CPAs come in and go, what the hell are you people doing? We don't understand it. So I put her with the, the top guy who wrote the yeah, it recently wrote the whole program for office financials, right? And so she spent six or eight months just with him learning how that works. And then I was like, okay, now you need to become incredible at uh, recruiting. So I put her with the top, to me, their top recruiting coach at MAPS has, and she spent time with him. And then the next step was becoming a great coach. And, you know, I, she became a coach working with Diana. And, uh, you know, she's a um, team leader coach, and then an OP coach, and then that progressed to John Davis asking her to be one of his regional director coaches, which there's only, I believe, three of them. They coach all the regional directors in the company. So, you know, it, it was a progression. It was me being as concerned about her growth as she was. And That's I think, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like there's an old saying my grandfather used to say this. He said, my, uh, my favorite animal is the frog. Because when you kick, you never know how far it's going to jump till you kick it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty true. Yeah, and yeah. she's done, and, and other people I've put in that role, you know, like I, I use this other one that I did as an example where he had all the charm, all said all the right stuff, you know, memorized the MREA book so he could coach agents from it. And everybody loved him, including me. And he wouldn't recruit the way I needed him to recruit. And I put him with a coach to get him to be better at recruiting, and he wasn't doing it. And I was like, you know, it's great that you're doing a good job with the, you know, 100 people in the, you know, it's an office we bought. And it's like, you know, there's 100 people in this office, and we're not going to build a 500-person office if you're not recruiting. And my goal is to have all the offices be 500-person offices. So, you know, at 500, when you take the ownership and you divide it up to a lot of people, you can't have a hundred person office and have it make any significant difference in anyone's life at 500 agents. Everybody's making a lot of money and the profit share is amazing. And you know, it's, it's now an environment for growth. And then in, in that world, like we have several leaders, we have our MCA in one of the other offices we opened started out here answering phones at the front desk. We have another person that's Colleen's executive assistant started out answering phones at the front desk. So, you know, it's like, if you come into our world and play the game the way we want to play it, you're going to do really well. If you don't want to play the game, that's okay. Just you're not going to fit in because no one here gets to be a cul-de-sac. You know, if you ever read the millionaire agent book, you know, there's capacity talent and cul-de-sac talent and nobody gets a cul-de-sac is you, you know, which is you sit at your desk for the next 20 years and do the same job. Mm. There's nobody. Wow. Yeah. Nobody wow. gets to be like that. And capacity talent is what? They'll just you. There's no end. You just no keep. End. You just keep giving them more opportunity, and they keep until they hit the ceiling. Yep. And when they hit a ceiling, it's yeah. yeah. Every time they hit a ceiling, it's just for them. It's just a training issue. Oh, it's I not, see. Right where some people, it's I give up issue. It, it's like no, you have just like when you look at my thing. I mean, any all the people that I've been in real estate with, for, you know, the guys that were all that started when I did 30 years ago, almost all of them are gone. Right. They had their career. They got up to 100 deals a year or 80 deals a year or whatever. And then they're finished. 
And like that's so that's in a way that's what does that mean? Finish? I mean, they quit. Yeah, they quit or they, you know, sold their name to somebody and disappeared. I mean, they don't exist anymore. You know, and I, I was like 10 years young. Like I was in a Remax office when I first started for I was there for 20 years. So I got there when I was like 25 and I left when I was 45 and opened, you know, got involved with KW. And in that 20 years, I was the youngest person. They were all 10, 12 years older than me when I got there. So they're all 10, 12 years older than me now. I'm almost 60 and they're all, you know, gone. There's one or two people around and, or they're just, you know, they sell a house here and there and they're doing other, they're they're all kind of retired or something. My point is, you know, that that, that's the difference between cul-de-sac and capacity. Like right now, I just want to keep going. I want to oh, see you how want to keep you want to oh you want to keep opening new doors and and doing more things and finding yeah. right yeah and, fi- and I'm not saying the way they did it is wrong you know they're I see them when I go to the health club in the morning some of them are in there working out and then they you know just go chill out the yeah, rest I mean of they the- could have ten million in the bank you know what I mean like you just don't know right maybe not I mean, it would be bad if they actually I don't think it. any of them I guess the worst is when they are you know, 80 and they're still calling Fizbo's, right? Or they're still prospecting or still uh, doing anything. It's okay to do it. If it's, it's okay. Anything real estate wise. I think it's okay to keep going if it's for the love of the game, Hmm. not because you have to eat. Right. Not because you need the commission. Like I don't have, like I don't have to like where I'm at right now. I could very comfortably live, you know, till the day I die. I just, I'm playing the game. Well, for some people like you and me, we want new challenges. You know, it's kind of like you said, and I've, I felt the same way. Like, like I fell asleep on a listing appointment. That's how bad it was. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that's a true story. Luckily, I was with my partner, Mike Sloan. He kicked me under the table. But, you know, the, the end of the day, you know, we get bored in that cul-de-sac. You know, that cul-de-sac is boring after a while. Right. And unfortunately... You know, a lot of people just kind of leave themselves there. And if, if that's, you know, I'm not putting that down because if that's okay for you, that's okay. You can't do the empire that we're working on if you don't take it to the next level. That's all. I, I, I'm having a lot of fun. I mean, each year when I do my numbers, I'm, I, one of the numbers I'm looking at is how many people are going to be in our empire. And I literally add the number of agents in every office that we're a part of. And I look at the people, you know, the other sources of income that I have and the people involved. How many, in that. How many agents in your empire now? So right now we're between seven and 800. So let's say you have 750 agents mm-hmm. in your empire, right? Where do you want it to be? I, I mean, I want it to be 15,000. <laughs> 15,000. And are, are you buying other offices that are struggling to meet their numbers or get to significant profit? So we so we've launched basically three in the last year and a half. One, them, which means you started them brand well, new. Well, no, hold on. So one of them was a brand new launch in an area that had had Keller Williams that went away, and so we started it over again there. You opened a fresh new office. A, a fresh new office, and okay. which uh, which has been great, and that one's doing real well. Uh, then we took over one, and I mean it's uh, it's Market Center one forty two. If that tells you anything. So, you know, the, the market no, center. Because well, a lot of, you know, it's, all, it's not, we can't assume that everybody understands the KW lingo. So break, right. break, break all this down to, you know, so everybody, so the, the hell you're talking about. Yeah. The office that we launched, eight, the, the main office that I'm part of that has 500 agents, that one, uh, when we launched it nine, 10, 13 years ago, was market center 644. 
they started at number one. So that's all I'm saying. It's a, it's the so one we took over. How many, so what, what he's saying is there's been eight, 900 offices that have opened. Exactly. And, and, that, and those are numbers, kind of like a scroll number when you get into a fraternity or sorority, you get a scroll number. You're the 800th person to join the fraternity. At least that's how it was with mine. These were these are numbers, launch yeah. numbers. So, right. so, so now the numbers the end of the total, right? right? So the one that we just got. So then we. So that was the second one. The third one we just took over, uh, or we just launched from from scratch in an area that never had one. And that that one I think is I don't even I even look, but I think the market center number is like thirteen hundred or something like that, right? It's been one thousand three hundred <laughs> Kellawames offices, right? opened so you start a new one it's 1300 and what you're saying is you just bought one that was 100 which was right. early 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 on in the development of the company yeah it was a 25 year old office so and it know, was in there 25 years now had it gone up and down and up and down and now it was down or did you buy well, it? it was so it, it, it was full of really great people and the owner just wasn't and he's a great guy actually he just wasn't heavily growth oriented he was very happy having a market center with 100 to 140 people 130 people in it and just leaving it there and you know let's face it an office with 130 people is a little less work than an office with three four five hundred and so he just was he wasn't i don't know I, I guess you could say he was kind of cul-de-sac in that part of his thinking i looked at it and i was like it's a great territory it already has some great agents in that neighborhood that you know area kw has an incredible reputation i was like why wouldn't we go in there and just build this thing massive to three four hundred agents as a member of the rockstar nation you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox, full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 And, and what multiple does something like that sell for? You know, I haven't sold one yet, so I don't, you know. So how'd you figure out what to pay him for it? Oh, well, you know, if you do a Steve Murray assessment. Yeah, Steve Murray's like three and a half EBITDA, something like that. Yeah, for, so I mean, for, for we, we didn't pay anywhere near that, but it was because, you know, some of the liabilities that they, they came with it and all that. So I would say the price we paid for it was fairly, very reasonable. And at the same time, what I said to the previous ownership group was your profit's going to come because a lot of this group right here is all in your Keller Williams profit share downline. So we're going to triple the profit, which means you're going to triple your profit share off of this office. So you bought it on the cheap. You, you, you only, you didn't pay three, three or four EBITDA. You just, no, 
you just took it over more or less. We just, we just more or less took it over. And I think they were happy to be done with it, to be perfectly honest. And yeah, sometimes that happens, you know what I mean? Cause it, for, for some people, like you said, if they don't, if they've reached that ceiling or they're tired, right. Or they, they want to stay in that cul-de-sac, but it's, but they can't, they feel like they're on a treadmill and they're just looking for somebody to right. like you to, to, to have a different mindset. So, so let's move back to your um, team. So, you know, right. Tammy runs a team. So Tammy, so yeah, Tammy runs a team. Tell me how it looks. Tell me uh, what you guys do. Explain the whole thing. All right. We've had uh, one listing specialist for the last few years, and we're just training uh, two more because we realized it was way too much on one person's shoulders. And so we had one person listing like 250 houses a year and uh, two, between two and 250. We're two, so. two, okay. One person listing 250 houses a year. So what, how do you pay that agent? She gets paid per closing, uh, like seven hundred dollars on a just flat seven hundo. Right, and then if if it's over, I think it was uh, over at settlement. At settlement, that's her paycheck. And then if it's over, I think three hundred, it so jumps she's up. Creeping up, she's creeping up on your um on your hundred eighty thousand. By the way, <laughs> she'll. Oh yeah, no, she's making money. And she make it's two hundred times seven hundred. It's one hundred forty grand. So. Right. Well, it's not, but but it's not how many you list. It's how many you close. Don't forget. So, okay. Right. Oh, if, I gotcha. I so, gotcha. if forty to sixty percent of what your listing sells, then it's based on that. Okay. And so, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. There's a formula. Anybody who's listening, if you want to see something interesting, I don't. Know if this formula works for you, but I learned this a long time ago. My the number of homes I closed. And the number of homes I listed was always within about six to eight percent of each other. So if I listed two hundred fifty houses, I usually closed about two hundred fifty houses. Oh, that's interesting. So you're because you're including buyers, right? So all the years that I like was in the hundred to one hundred fifty range, I'd list one hundred fifty. A hundred of them would sell, and then I'd sell fifty buyers. Right. So right? and or you know every house you listed, you would get paid on in the same economic year on half of them basically yeah yeah like yeah right yeah okay that's cool that's interesting that's an interesting way to go and then um okay so so what else so you got all right so that's the listing side is going on listings so right so 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 our only job is go on listings get them priced right follow up and do price reductions then we have uh you know the buyer team which is the first thing tammy when tammy and i partnered her first job was take over the buyer team and, and make build a buyer team. Mine was, you know, a half something. Uh, so she basically built the buyer team and then went out and did it all herself initially, then hired, you know, I think we have four buyers agents now. And so, and they're basically paid uh, a percentage of the commission. Basically half of every closing goes to the team to run the expenses on the buyer side. And the other half goes to Tammy and her buyer's agents. Okay, so let's slow this down. So you take a commission, half goes to the team to pay the overhead, the salaries, half goes to Tammy, and then she could pay buyer agents out of that. Right. So she pays, let's say, so if there was a $10,000 commission and um, the team got 50% of it, the other 5,000 goes to Tammy as the leader of the buyer's team. If she did it herself, she would keep 100% of that. If she had a, had given that lead to a buyer's agent, then they have a split with her, and it depend. A lot of it has to do with what their numbers are, 
but it starts with at, at about 18% and I think it goes up to about 30% of the whole of, of the whole. Yeah. So if it starts at eight, well, wait a minute. It can't go, it can't <laughs> so go, if there's, if there's it can't 5, because it's only, she only gets half of it. So 30 would be the, the same as 60. Correct. Correct. So she doesn't have enough to pay that agent. So no, hold on. So if, if the total commission was 10,000 and 5,000 goes to the buyer team. Yep. Right. She would get 30 of that 5,000. 25%, right, of the whole. Yep. Would be, you know, a half of that 50. Correct. Of that five. Does that make sense? So if they were on a 50-50 with, with the buyer team, you know, 2,500 would go to Tammy, 2,500 would go to them. I got it. Okay. All right. So they really end up with 25% of the whole. So, okay. Right. All right. I got you. All right. Uh, and that's interesting, right? And then what about the, what about the admin team? What's that? Okay. Like? So, so we, so what's left is the admin and the lead gen team, right? And so, and you know, it's funny, I was thinking you should have Tammy on and actually have this conversation with her because she's the one. What's, what's Tammy's last name? Northcutt. Tammy okay. Northcutt. Yeah. I yeah. think I've run into her before. Yeah. Yeah, she's been around. She was just down there in uh, Austin with Diana working on some stuff about coaching and all that. So it's interesting to see her path too. So anyways, the um, I think that would be the smart thing because I'm probably giving you all the wrong answers uh, since she's the one who built it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so then we have... Uh, what seven, the hell did you do, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I just do my job, which is finding great people and then getting the hell out of their way, right? <laughs> so she So she's built an ISA team and an admin team. And one thing I can tell you, it's interesting, we just did was I always had a listing coordinator and a buyer coordinator. And so we were building it that way. And she decided to actually have, I forgot they have a title for them, but basically where one person does both. So, they, so they're with the client from cradle to grave. You know, as soon as the transaction gets put together, one person takes you over. Change that, right? And so, yeah, we, so we were doing it the other way. So when we listed a house, they dealt with the listing coordinator. Then when they went under contract, they went to the closing coordinator. Now that's all one role. Well, you know, that's, that, that's, that's a great conversation. And that, that happened on my team back in the day as well. Like, you know, we had listing coordinators and pending coordinators and we had, you know, I even at one point had a negotiator who negotiated all the contracts. Um, yeah. And then you got a listing agent. So the, the person does get very confused. And I remember I had a, I was talking to a doctor and he was telling me about a new program they had at the hospital, which was, you know, instead of having like 12 different nurses come in and talk to you about different things, one nurse is checking your saline and the other nurses, you know, whatever, doing something. Well, I don't know what they do. I don't, I don't know that field, but they changed their policy to have one nurse who was like your nurse, right? Let's call her Christine. And the whole time you're there and some people were obviously in hospitals for months and months, Christine was your girl. Yeah. Right? And, and your experience. And then they did surveys afterwards and they were finding that, that, you know, people would rave about Christine. Right. right? But when they, when there's 12 people, they don't know. And the funny thing nowadays is like, I like with my Rebus university, I have, two Catherines, and I have an Evan and an Evans. So I essentially have two Evan, two Evans, and two Catherines. And, and it's confusing as hell to anybody on the outside. Right, so. right. 
Well, that's so we've, I, I think we call them account managers. And so right at the beginning, we say, you know, uh, Jennifer's going to be your account manager. Don's going to be your account manager. And then they know they can always call Don. And what we used to get from clients, and, you know, there's a thing we call persistent ongoing complaint, right? If you just think about that. Persistent like Persistent ongoing complaint. Explain. Ongoing complaint. It's something that you or someone else complains about and talks about, and it's an issue you never really fix or de dealt with. And so on my teams, it was always the handoff. No matter how well I thought we did it, it was always a problem for people. Hmm. And so this is the first time we've literally fixed that in 30 years. Where yeah, it's a problem because they keep calling. Let's say they, they just spent three months with Lindsay, and then the house finally sells. And then, and then they get Veronica, and they're right. like, let me just, Veronica's not at her desk. So is Lindsay there? Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's exactly what it is. And you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm selling, we're selling. I, I went and, it's the first house I went and looked at in two years. It's my brother. It's actually like my brother's brother-in-law, which we all grew up together because my brother got married when we were all little kids, basically. So you know, this guy, I've sold him, I don't know, six, seven houses over the last 30 years and then 35 years. And he just calls me first, no matter what. So there's still a few of those. And now I just let, I just let it go to voicemail. And then I just forward his message back to the, you know, case manager or whatever, let them do it. I'm like, but it's so funny. He's, he's one of the only people that is still looking for me. You know, most of the people are kind of done with me and they get that when they call, they're going to get Tammy or Lauren or somebody else and they're going to take care of it. Well, and on some level, it becomes a pain in the ass to try to figure out who to call and employees, you know, get fired and quit and stuff like that. So it's like, and I'm the same way. I had a situation recently, I can't remember what it was, but I knew this company was big and that I needed to call somebody else, but I just called the owner because he was the only number I had in my cell phone. Sure. You know, and I knew I was bothering him and he was going to send me to somebody else. And, but I didn't have time to mess with it. So I just yeah. texted him, you know. So you just direct and he'll just direct you. It's sort of like when right. I go to buy a car, like I, I pretty much know the owner of all the car dealerships where I buy cars. I always start with that person. I never end with them, right? They, they just say, oh, here's Bill. He'll take you on the test drive. And then you end up with Bill. And then at some point, Bill pretends to go get a better price from the guy that you know or whatever and all that. But, you know, I, my goal, and, and even changing the name of the team, it was, you know, the Ron Wexler team or whatever. And now it's the Wexler group. And I even offered Tammy, I was like, you want to take my name off it completely? I don't care. It seems kind of crazy after, you know, 30 years of me building that name. But if you, at least you take my first name off, they won't be looking for me as much. And it's really worked. Like just having it be the last name doesn't really mean anything you know, to everybody. So that's worked out right. pretty good. Because if it did, then they would call Gary Keller, right? Or, right. Or, or right. Mr. Caldwell. Yep. Or Mr. And Long or Mr. Foster. You know what I mean? They would. Right. And so the right. last you, name is just a name. I mean, when you go to, you know, buy a hamburger, you're not like, well, I would like to speak to Mr. McDonald. <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever. I mean, that, to me, that was the goal. Not that I'm, I mean, if somebody really wants to talk to me and, you know, past client or whatever, I, I don't have a problem speaking to them. I just, when it comes to the actual transaction, if they start asking me questions, my answer is always, I'll have to check with, fill in the name. Like, it's not my, you know, my role anymore. No matter just, what. Yeah. So how long ago did you merge with Tammy? So she started working with me three years ago. 
Really? It became my 50-50 part. You know, look at my pro progression. You can see where she started. So, well, this is interesting. So you were 32 years doing it yourself. Right. And then how long had she been in the business? A long time. 20-some years. Tammy's like an incredible entrepreneur. So why'd you guys decide to merge and go 50-50 on everything? Because that's kind of you know, hard to do for a lot of people. You know, a yeah, lot of times it doesn't work. The only reason it would be hard to do is because your ego's in the way, to be honest. And for, for me, she, we were, you know, what's interesting, she owns an appraisal company. It's, it's a big appraisal company. She's owned other businesses. She was a buyer's agent for like 20 years for a guy, you know, another agent that's been around forever. And I, just from a, a mailing I sent out, she had actually broke her back. She was horseback, right? She owns a horse and she broke her back and was sitting home going, I have to do something besides this appraisal business. And especially when the government changed all the rules around the appraisal business, she realized that she needed to do something else. And just, you know, we've been friends for a long time. I mean, we didn't like hang out together, but we knew each other pretty well. And she just called me and came in and sat down with me. And I, I said, you know, she said, I, I could see, and she could be an OP, she could be a TL, like, you know, as international gets to know her, they're going to try and figure out ways to get her to come work with them. I mean, she's this incredible business person. And I said, the way that you can really get into the KW world the right way, like what's worked with me and Colleen, is that you start, you know, start to understand KW. I was like, here's the Red Book, memorize it. Here's 10 of the top agents around the country I'm friends with, call them and ask them how to build a team. Then come in and take over my buyer team. When you fix my buyer team, take over my admin. When you fix my admin, take over my listing side. When you fix my listing side, take over the lead generation. And when you take over the lead generation, then I'm going to disappear and you're my 50-50 partner. And that's basically how it went. We mapped it all out ahead of time. And that and, was yeah, we, we're, it was very clear what we were going to do. And we're also, personality-wise, we're also both very uh, trusting and like, I mean, we didn't, you know, we, we screwed around with like writing our, our partnership agreement for like two and a half, like, I think we just finalized it, you know, six months ago, you know, it's like, we, we never had any doubt about where we were headed and what we were going to do together. And neither one of us is a massive ego. And, you know, I don't know, it just worked real well. And I think, oh, the other thing that was really key, the moment that was really key is we went to the um, expansion, you know, KW has this whole expansion uh training about opening multiple offices or multiple teams in other off in other areas right and so we went to the class about that because it also teaches you how to build a really strong main hub for your team and that's what i wanted her to work on so we're in california and i just finished reading the book rocket fuel have you read rocket fuel oh yeah Okay, so I finished reading Rocket Fuel, and I handed it to her. And, you know, she was going back to her room with her family, and I was going back to my. We all we took our families. We were playing around in L.A. It was really fun, and she she's knocking on my door at five a.m. the next morning. She's like, "Okay, this is this is it. This is the blueprint to how we treat each other and how we're going to build this thing together." And so, anybody that's looking to build a team and looking for great partnerships. I would start, you know, besides E-Myth and a lot of the other great books we read, Rocket Fuel is really good about Did how... Did you know that the author of Rocket Fuel is Floyd Wickman's son? I think I saw that somewhere along the line. Yeah, I, I knew... I mean, you're, you've yeah, been in no, I knew Floyd. You, know, you, knew, you, you, did, you probably did Sweat Dogs, didn't you? Uh, I didn't, because I always did Mike Ferry instead of... Mike Ferry, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was in the Mike well, Ferry. Bold is, I knew bold Floyd. Is basically Sweat Hogs revisited, yeah. you know, um, so... Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, listen, uh, Ron, as you know, everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift with them. And what we do with that free gift is uh, I'm going to put it on your show notes. And guys, this, you're going to want to 
stay in touch with Ron and learn more about him and all, all his contact information, social media will be on there too. It'll be hybendigital.com backslash Ron Wexler, W-E-X-L-E-R, the number three, numerical number three, Ron Wexler three. What is your free gift today, Ron? Oh, you're going to love this. It's something I found somewhere, stole it, modified it for my team, and it's a self-quiz. And so you rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 10, answering about 25 questions like, I know how to move on when it's tough. I know how to stay in control when others don't. You guys are going to love this quiz. I mean, I don't know if you want to call it a free gift, but I, I did it with my whole team, and it was really an interesting exercise to see how we scored when we like really looked at ourselves and saw how we see ourselves. So I just thought that would be something fun. I was going to give everybody a free house, but I didn't know how to ship them. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like it would be awesome. really hard. Well, we appreciate that, Jay <laughs> No, I'll definitely, I'll definitely look at that myself that's, and probably use it with Rebus University. So I You're going to love it. It's really cool. I don't even, like I said, I honestly have no clue where I stole it from and I modified it more for a little bit for our world, but it's really, it's a really great quiz. And beyond that, obviously, if anyone has any referrals for Chicagoland, uh, we have the whole entire city covered north to south and, you know, it's the Wexler group. We're happy to help with that. If anybody's doing, you know, wants to improve their sales skills, I'm teaching the language of sales for maps. It's an, to me, it's, I don't know. I took it the first time. I took it three more times immediately. You know, it's like probably the best. It's it's based on NLP. Have you done any of that, Pat? Yeah, I, I took some of it. And I think we might have talked about it back in your episode 272, but I, I'm not sure. You know, maybe you'll come on in the future, maybe early next year, and we can just do uh, a show on everything language of sales or everything. How to, yeah. You know what I mean? That'd be fun. Yeah, I, I, I just... It's a, anybody who wants to be a great salesperson, somewhere in your world, you're going to learn some version of language of sales. This is the one that Diana created for maps. There's other ones, you know, if you're not part of KW, for some reason, you can find it somewhere else, or you can actually take theirs. But if you want to be a great salesperson, you want your people on your team to be amazing at converting. That's for me, that's when my conversion, my conversion shot through the roof. When I, when I did it, I went from 12,000 contacts a year at 120 closings to 4,500 contacts the next year at 130 closings. Uh, yeah, you definitely <laughs> need to come back on in the spring and uh, we'll talk 100% about the language of sales. Well, listen, Ron, this has cool. been a blast. I really appreciate you taking the time out to come and, and do this again. And I am also going to put Ron's checklist that he has donated free to the Rockstar Nation or his questionnaire, I'll call it, in the Agent Success Toolbox, which can be found on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Ron, it's been a blast, brother. I will definitely look you up uh, next time I'm in Chicago and we get together and break some bread. Sounds good. We can have lots of fun. I'm, I'm the tour guide when people come to Chicago, so no problem. See you when you get here. <laughs> Go get them. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe please the more subscribers that we get on real estate rock stars the better guests are attracted to the shows we'll get more guests 
from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.